0: Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight.
1: Today, we have an extraordinary guest. Let me give you a little background about your guest. Today, Sario Beckenstein joins us. Sario is a certified life coach and an EFT master practitioner. And don't worry if you don't know what an EFT master practitioner is, because I'm sure he'll be letting you know in a few minutes. Sario is committed to supporting people to get the best of themselves, be able to manifest anything they would like to attract in their life, from love of their dreams, attracting their best career, being financially free, losing weight, or gaining confidence. Sariel's created the course Return to Self and was highly influenced from the various modalities he studied. What's great is Sariel has led these courses since 2008 around the world, from coast to coast in the USA, Canada, Europe, Israel, and now on Zoom, who knows where. Sariel, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then we'll delve into Return to Self. Welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And I might also mention you come as a guest, but you also come as my loving (laughs) brother-in-law who has taught me, mentored me, and it's just really wonderful to have you here today.
2: Well, thank you, Lynn. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm Sariel Beckenstein. And I've created a course, which is called Return to Self. And the course went through a lot of different changes over the years since I started leading the course and coaching. And I initially only started with supporting and helping people to attract the love of their dream. In fact, I first started only with men who are gay to attract other gay men into their life. And then it kind of evolved because I got a lot of requests from women what about us? I mean, we would love to meet the love of our dream. So I incorporate men and women and I thought, wow, this is great to have in one room, straight women with gay men. There's no tension. This can really go well. And, And it did. And it was wonderful. But then men, straight men started coming to me and women, lesbians. And, you know, I just like opened it up. And that was my course for quite a long time, the five steps to attracting the love of your dream. And that was like my niche, my place. This is where I felt more comfortable. And over the years, I noticed that there's more that I can offer people. And in one course that I did in Mexico, and this was before the pandemic, so it was a live course, and I led the course, and I didn't give it a title. And I asked the people at the course when it ended, What would you call this course? And it was almost unanimously that everybody said what we felt like going through the course with you was returning to self, returning to who we are, returning to the basic of who we are, to the place of being born and only love was present. Wow. And I just loved it. And from there, I developed a whole new curriculum and a whole new course that incorporates, you know, attracting love, but attracting so many things as you have mentioned. And that's what I do. I help people to get back to the real self so that they can actually have the freedom without the baggage that they're carrying from very young age that holds them back, enables them to move on and to manifest what they want to do in their life.
1: That's very touching, Sariel. It's been a treat for me to watch you through your progression over the years. But I know certainly like from my own experience of getting so involved in vision expansion, it usually has to do with what happened in my life early on that led me into pursuing this kind of a career. You know, what were some of the major big steps or issues or traumas that led you into this type of work? So
2: that's really great. It's normally us who've gone through trauma and have gone through some rattling of our cage at a very, very young age that has us want to heal and then pass it on to others. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was born to very, very young parents and my mother was 19 when she had me and my father was 21. Father is a Holocaust survivor, young kid. Six years prior to that, he was still in the Holocaust. And then he becomes a dad. And my mother had no experience whatsoever. She literally finished the Girl Scouts, got married and, and had me. My early existence was chaotic. My parents had an amazing, passionate love, but it was passionate both ways. When they were good, they were very, very good. And when they were bad, they were horrid. It was crazy and I never knew where I am going to be and what's going to happen because is this going to be a high passionate day at home or is it going to be full of fights and just like butting heads and screaming and shouting and so on and so forth as a very very young kid I took on that my parents are blind they are fighting when they've got this wonderful little kid that is at home, and I felt like they were not seeing me. Like, had they seen me, had they noticed me, they would not go on fighting the way they did. Like, how can two people be in this passionate fighting and still have this little kid at home and develop this thing that I needed to do? something for them to see me and I couldn't just be loved. I needed to do something in order to be loved. And I will never forget. I was four years old and my dad came home late, which was a usual thing for him. And when I say late, it was probably 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And he and my mom started fighting and it was a horrible fight They were actually wrestling. They were just like physical with one another. What I did is initially I tried to break this fight and nothing helped. They didn't even listen. And I went to the kitchen and I took a little stool and I stood on the stool and I started washing dishes in the sink. I know that was an act of me to show them how amazing I was and what are they doing when they've got this kid who's doing so much in the house as four-year-old washing dishes. And I got into this pattern of thinking that I am not lovable. And in order for me to be loved, I need to do. It's not just going to come to me. I've got to do. And it showed up for me in later years, but even in my childhood at the age of nine my parents finally decided to split. And the way they did it, unfortunately, my mother had an affair with our next-door neighbor. And my grandparents wanted to break their affair. So what they decided to do was to send my mom and my little brother, who was then two years old, to South Africa. That's where our family's from. And to explain this whole thing to me. They sat me down in our living room and they said, so this is what's going to happen. Mom and my little brother are going to go to South Africa for an unlimited time. We didn't know how long. Your father will be going to live with his parents, which is my other grandparents. The family home is going to be rented out and you are going to come and live with us. That's my grandparents. So in five minutes, my whole life that I knew was going one way, Going on completely another way. I was away from my parents. I could not understand my, my, why my mother didn't take me as well. I could not understand how my father didn't decide, okay, she's going, but I'm going to be with my son. And as much as I loved being with my grandparents, that was still like a, another reiteration. I'm not lovable. Otherwise, they would have done something about it. They would have taken me with them.
1: You know, your story is profound in this. And it was like one trauma after another trauma after another. But what I found so fascinating so far, Sariel, is how your description of my parents were blind. They didn't see me. And, you know, me coming from my visual world and talk about vision expansion. I mean, that's what we're really talking about. Is opening your eyes, being aware of what's there, and when that doesn't happen, look at the tremendous fallout. Yeah, and occurs. And here you're recalling in such detail, you know, age four, age nine, unbelievable the, the impact yeah. that it has have on you. And here you are as an adult, still working on that. Yeah,
2: it's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. So I took that into my youth, into my. Growing up years and all my relationships have always been with people who were not reachable, were not available, and the availability looked in different ways. I would go and be with someone who is, I lived in New York and he lived in Chicago. Perfect, you know, unavailability, geographically unavailable. Or if they were attached to someone else, bravo, if they were married or anything, that was just like, You know, it gave me the space of being what I am familiar with. Or if they were emotionally unavailable or all of those things. As If you were not available, I was there because you became so hot. You were so attractive because it allowed me to go back to my childhood, wounding, and to to reenact and relive all those years. And it was only... When I was doing a lot of different therapy with a lot of different modalities, including Rubenfeld Synergy and Emotional Freedom Technique and regular therapy. And, you know, just like on and on and on. I did so many things and so many workshops. I used to call myself a workshop junkie. I mean, I heard a workshop and I would do it. You didn't even have to enroll me or a workshop. I'm there. And they were all good. They were all great. They all really helped me to know that for me to receive love and to be loved, I just need to be as opposed to do. And when I was at that space and place, I realized that now is my turn to give it to others. Now is my place to help others see that, whatever their story is, whatever their history is, but I've got enough tools that I can actually help them and support them and cradle them to be able to actually get back to who they really are.
1: So if I could maybe shift gears just a little bit after hearing you know, your story and what you now are doing and returning to self and helping others. Can you share some of the, you know, strategies and techniques that, you know, I know you went through lots of training and coaching, but you also now use tapping and law of attraction. You want to share a little bit about some of the strategies that, you know, our listeners would be really interested in learning more about.
2: Yeah, of course. So my modality that I teach is called TTL, which stands for tap to love. And tap to love is a synergy of the law of attraction, EFT, which stands for emotional freedom technique, which is the tapping technique. You tap with your fingers. So it's actually based on acupuncture's meridian points. So, you know, we've got meridian points all over our bodies in different places. And when you go to an acupuncture, they'll stick a needle in. And through sticking different needles, you change the chemistry of your physical chemistry of your body. And you are, by that, be able to get rid of toxins so you're healing your body, your physical body. With tapping, we heal our soul. And with tapping, we heal our negative thoughts that are sitting in our subconscious mind that we've carried for many, many years. So when we tap, we tap on meridian points with our fingers and we use words at the same time. So we tap and speak at the same time. So it's a body-mind modality. And as we tap and speak, we actually are having a conversation with our subconscious mind.
1: Could you give a little of that language or the speaking that you often guide your clients through?
2: One of the spaces that you tap on is what's known as the karate chop on your hand. It's that little area underneath the pinky finger, which is a little bit fatty. And you take either your right or your left hand and you tap on that area. And you will say something, even though... There's a side of me, it's not the whole of you, but there's a side of me that feels upset right now. I accept that that is my feeling at this moment. So those are the kind of things you'll say. So we'll go in and we'll clear the negative and then we'll start working and bringing the positive in so that you can clear all those old conversations that are sitting there and then bring a whole new reality to yourself.
1: So acceptance and forgiveness is a really big part of moving through this tapping. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Other modality that I use that really speaks about what you've just said about forgiveness is the ancient philosophy of Ho oponopono. And in Ho'oponopono, the ancient masters were using four very, very healing words, which is, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And what I do now is I incorporate those four magical healing words with the tapping. So people will first go into I love you and they will talk about how much they love themselves what is that about themselves that they love and then we'll go into the area of empathy I am sorry and if I'm looking at my own life I will say things like I am sorry my little kid or I will call myself the name that I was given as, as my nickname is a little kid I am sorry my little sorry for feeling that you were not loved for going through this horrible experience of parents fighting and yada, 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 yada. For having that experience of, in five minutes, your life had to completely change. And I will go through that. And then, so I'll basically go into the empathetic side of talking to myself. I'm sorry that I had to go through that. Then it's the taking responsibility part what did I say about myself as a little kid that I can actually forgive myself for? And I will say, I forgive my little sorry for taking on thinking that he's not lovable, that your parents, my little kid, fought and you made it mean that you are not lovable and you took on having to do as opposed to being You couldn't take it for granted that you are lovable. In order for you to be loved, you needed to do. And then we go into the area of thank you. And thank you. And I thank myself for all with all the chaos that I lived with and all the trauma that I lived with and all of that that was happening. I was still able to achieve a lot of things. And my life actually looks pretty great and amazing. And I thank myself for that. And I say, thank you. Thank you, my little kid. And I thank my adult. And I go through that. And to sum it up, because I've done the groundwork already, I will go into just using the four words and tapping on them. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So I use the basis of EFT and I use the basis of Ho'oponopono and they set together in a tapping modality called tap to love and through this process we are really able to get back to who we were born to be return to self and love is the word it's all about love
1: sorry all this is so moving I mean I'm almost in tears and I think anybody listening right now it just sets them back to you know childhood and situations and you just even speaking about it really is very inspiring it's a very powerful work you put together and i love the tapping to love i love that little little saying that mantra yeah yeah thank you well just because of time here we're going to need to wrap this up pretty soon do you have any couple tips for our listeners of you know what they can do We're going to talk about your course in just a minute and how they could get a hold of you. But yeah, do you have any tips for the people listening today that can move them?
2: Yeah, two tips. If you can be in a space on a daily basis of bringing love to yourself, bringing love to who you are, love yourself. So that would be the first tip that I would give. And the second tip, which I actually use in my course I ask people to do a blessing scenario. And the blessing scenario consists of three different blessings. The first one is blessing ourselves, counting all the blessings in our lives, everything, and doing it on a daily basis. So you can go into the big things of blessing where you've gotten up to today and how amazing your life is and all the good things that did happen in your life. And then even Count the blessings of going to this beautiful tea room today under beautiful trees in Mexico and drinking my favorite tea, roibos. You literally write down your blessings. It's just like a wonderful way to really acknowledge yourself. Then the other tip is to bless somebody else that you feel they need your blessing. Somebody who's going through a process of needing healing. And the third blessing is bless someone that you are standing on their shoulders. So if you are a writer or you are an aspired writer and you want to become a writer, bless somebody who's written some books that you love and appreciate and respect, bless them because they've already created the path for you to become your own writer. So those are the tips that I would give anybody. You can do it without my calls, but just remember the blessings and remember the self-love.
1: And that's a biggie for many of us. and That's important. You know, some of this reminds me of the kindness blessing. May I be happy, may, you know, and you first bless yourself and then you bless others. And it just breaks that constant cycle we have of negative talk and discouraging That is just beautiful. So, Sariel, if you had a magic pair of glasses that you could see the world the way you'd love to create the world, what would that world look like to you? Peaceful, a full stomach,
2: and love. That's beautiful.
1: So I'm sure a lot of people are really interested in reaching you. Do you want to give us some information how they can sure, uh,
2: I would love that.
1: reach to you and look at your course and website?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So my website is www.returntoself, one word, net. So it's self.net. And they can reach me through the website. The website always talks about my upcoming courses, Right now, they're all in Zoom. I don't do face to face courses, so it's very easy to do it. The timing is always convenient for people who live on the West Coast or the East Coast or in middle America, so it's kind of, it works pretty well. The courses normally run about eight sessions. You get one big day of four hours, and then we meet weekly. And you also get one on one with me for half an hour, part of the whole deal. So I would love to see as many of you. The dollar sign next to my course is low for one reason. I would like as many people that can to be able to do my course. And that is my goal, that many, many people can actually get access to it and not have a financial constraint that say, okay, I'd love to do it, but I can't. It's very reasonable. So that's great. I'd love to thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Sariel. Thanks so much for your generosity, your inspiration, and such words of wisdom. It's moved me this morning. What a great way to start the day! And to all our listeners, just a reminder that your vision doesn't define you; you define your vision. You know, and look at the world through the lens of clarity, courage, and confidence. And as sorry all reminds us all, love yourself. Thanks to all of you. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week for our next episode. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.